Hi, I'm Mike Garner with CCW Safe. I'm here with Steven Maddox today. We're going to be talking about um, our services, our company, and, and CCW Safe was founded out of an experience, a personal experience of mine when I was involved in a shooting as a police officer, went through a, a civil lawsuit, and out of that we built CCW Safe. Um, we built CCW Safe to defend those who are forced to defend themselves. And we're the only company in the industry that has actually defended a murder one self-defense case, which was Stephen's case. And I haven't talked to Stephen in a while. It's going to be good to sit here and talk with him and share kind of some of our experiences together and uh, kind of see how this company was built, how his case came into involvement with the company, but also, more importantly, how that has moved forward into providing back to law enforcement in defending officer-involved shooting cases. So today we're going to just kind of talk openly and kind of candidly and uh, just talk about some things. Steve, man, it's great to have you back and uh, talk to you again. We haven't talked in a while. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. And, uh, you know, one thing I was going to talk about, and you know, when I started this company out of uh, – my experience, the, I, I think I saw as we were building this company, as we started to get members and started to grow, uh, kind of saw this company as the positive thing that came out of my shooting. And, uh, and then I remember meeting you for the first time after, directly after the trial. And when I went back home, from that trip, I realized, man, this is like this one case was the thing that I've been building this for, you know? Yeah. And um, it was just, it is kind of weird to, to, to see that and get to that level to where, um, you know, you go through something like that, there's a lot of negative and there's a lot of, things that, you know, um, people just don't think about, you know, yeah. and from just starting with just like if, if you're, you're involved in, in a, in a shooting or even a critical, uh, incident like that, I mean, right. your day is done. Yeah. Well, I'll well, tell you what, Mike, I think, um, one of the things for me, when you talk about that foundation and structure that you all set up, I think the reason why you have that foundation today is because of the experience, yeah. right? So for you, you took a bad experience of something that you went through and you wanted to make sure that there was an avenue and a system set up to, to provide support for someone that went through that. Um, you know, you can relate to understanding how, of a, how much of an impact it is for you mm -hmm. to, you know, have to be put in a position to defend yourself, right? Um, to be able to go home the next day. Well, you take all that training that you had and you take all the education that you had as a, as a police officer and you understand the impact of the, the, the mental and the physical and all the emotions that you, all, that you went through. And for me, I think, you know, having CCW safe there for me through that whole journey um, allowed me to mentally and physically stay healthy for that two years while I waited for the state to pretty much, you know, um, go to trial. Mm -hmm. I was ready to go to trial that next day because I knew exactly what happened, right? 
but you knew that that's not the system. That it's going to be. This is basically going to be a long, drawn out process, and you kind of, you know, help the team help me prepare me for that. So um, I'm empathetic to the fact that um, you understand what I went through and was able to create this system to kind of provide that support. And I, and, and I don't think it's uh, too many companies out there that can can say that on any kind of level. Yeah. And you know, one thing you don't know probably, you know, what we built and what we put in action with you is actually going back full circle now because in Oklahoma City, um, Kyle Sweet, who's the uh, general counsel and co-founder, his law firm is representing officer-involved shootings. Okay. And it's bringing a whole new level to the table with these officer-involved shootings. And what we're doing is we're, we're applying what we built with CCW Safe and what we utilized in your case. And now we're actually applying that back to law enforcement. Okay. You know, so we had this, this thing that happened with me, you know, 20 years ago, and then we build CCW Safe and now it's going back to provide that for officers. And, you had a lot of you. You had a role in that. You probably don't even realize and know, but we took what we um, because you know, as you go, you know, from your own personal experience and your job and everything, you know, you're building experience constantly. Right. You build that experience, you apply it, and then you build it, and it's constantly changing. You can't say you can't get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm the most experienced and I'm done. Right. Like that. I don't have to do anything else. So. As we're building this and applying it and building and applying and changing, uh, we're, we're actually putting that back to use in law enforcement now. And uh, I think we're giving law enforcement services that have never been seen before. Right. Because it's being applied from our side. So that experience and that, uh, you know, I think that's the kind of the experience and leadership that we that we have with everybody involved with us, not just me, but I mean, Kyle and Gary and Rob and Stan and, you know, all of us, and especially Don. I mean, nobody has more experience with these cases than Don and being able to take that back and apply it to law enforcement is huge now. Right, so yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of Kyle and his firm and, and being able to, uh, to provide that for law enforcement now. Yeah. So. Good. Well, I know in this uh, current environment we live in, one that you know, one soundbite on the on the media can yeah. kind of decide, you know, the, the fate of uh, your case, whether you're a civilian or whether you're um, a law enforcement. So uh, it sounds like you all are doing some great work, and I, I think even from a law enforcement standpoint, I imagine that you know you you, you don't want to be on the side of. Um, a district attorney office that's a little bit oh, overzealous yeah. that just feels like something was done wrong and they got to make a decision. They want to rush a judgment. But also on the, on the, on the civil side with me, I, I, I had no idea that the criminal justice system would, would overlook facts and, yeah. um, and overlook intentionally overlook details that would prove that there's more to the story that was in the initial indictment. So mm-hmm. um, again, the experience that you all have brought to the table um, definitely, definitely have opened my eyes, and and I just want to make it clear that, you know, as a as a law-abiding um, citizen that carries a firearm, you want to make sure that, um, you know, everything that you do in life 
is 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 on a up and up because if anything happens, you ever find yourself in a situation, um, a post on social media or uh, you know a, a bumper stick or anything like that can play a part in yeah. in, in you possibly um, being charged with something or, or or a narrative being created on the type of person you are. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely. Well, and you bring up like facts being overlooked or facts being misinterpreted. But you also, you know, think, and I've said this for a long time, if, if, if misinformation is placed in the public realm, it becomes fact mm-hmm. unless it is addressed. Mm-hmm. And it has to be addressed immediately. And we see that with everything. I mean, look at our, look at our media today, politics, I mean, everything. And... You know, that's one thing dealing with the facts, but also dealing with the misinformation that's mm-hmm. out there is something that you have to have a plan for. And, you know, it's almost like uh, you're talking about social media posts or everything that you do. If there's an incident and you know this from experience, that incident is going to be looked at backwards in time in an incremental Mm-hmm. value and that val- they, they may look at the they're going to initially look at the first you know minute right. before what happened what happened right then what happened seconds before or minutes before and then as they do the investigation they're going to go back weeks days before and then they're going to go back weeks before yeah. and they can go back you know in your case you saw how long they can go back they can go right. back months so <clears throat> that's something that uh, you know you definitely have to be prepared for but um you have to have somebody in a t- on a team in place to be able to, to handle that for you. Because you another thing you found out, and we both know from experience, is you're not in a state of mind to handle that immediately. You right. don't even know what happened. Right. You know, you're trying to rebuild that. And it's kind of like the same thing. It's kind of like your mind is trying to rebuild that in incremental facts, too, because you're thinking, wow, what, okay, what just happened? And then you try to think back a little bit further and then a little bit further. Right. And, and you know, seconds get broken up into milliseconds that you are trying to think about. And for me, that took about probably 24 to 48 hours to really understand, you know, oh, okay, oh, yeah, I know, I remember this. Um, so. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we, we, I actually, you know, felt similar. I think that was one of my downsides when I decided to cooperate hours after yeah. um, the most physical um, altercation I had in my entire life, right? And that kind of hurt me. Um, it's, it's this natural instinct when you're not trying to hide something to be exactly. as transparent as possible, right? Um, but that that experience that night, days later, this week after, you know, two weeks later, and even sometime now, it was almost like a horror file that was running and just crashed and mm-hmm. it fragmented into a bunch of pieces. And now, you know, someone's trying to pull those pieces together and, and, and tell the story. And that's how it felt like my mind was. So there were certain things um, that night, you know, as far as what street my job was on. I gave yeah. them, you know, aviation versus airport boulevard. I wasn't lying. It was something right. that could be checked right away. Um, 
I had the number of incorrect children. I told them how many yeah. children I had, you know, I, was, I counted the children living with me versus the children I had. And you're rushing trying to give answers and, you know, what school does your daughter go to? I gave the incorrect college. Okay? You know, and it wasn't that I was lying. These are things that you can kind right. of fact check, right, you know, yeah. by just, you know, looking into it. But um, I was rushing trying to be so helpful that night with giving them as much information as possible. And mentally, you're not prepared for that. Right. Your, your, your mind's not prepared to, right. to, 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 you know, download and give everything in that chronological order. And sometimes you get things wrong. It wasn't that I was lying. Um, so fortunately for me, things worked out. But going back and looking at that interview, that three hours, um, you see I'm struggling trying to answer yeah. the simplest thing. And they don't, you know, the investigators don't know, they don't know you personally. So they don't know why, you know, he has three kids, but he says two or whatever it was. You know, they don't know that. If they would have known that, that would have definitely been a key for them to say, wait a minute, this guy is not, he's not in the right mindset. The problem is, I think, though, with people, when you get involved in something like that, it's human nature to want to um, justify yourself right. immediately. I mean, that's just human nature. That, it, something yeah. happens like that, you want to, you want to make sure that you, you justify yourself and you get, you get right. out what you have to say, and it's hard to be able to step back. You know, we were talking about earlier about being able to step back. Right. And we're talking about, you know, you can't just step back one layer. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to step back like 10 layers to be able to see things right. that are going on. And it's hard to be able to step back in any situation, whether it's whether it's a self-defense incident or, you know, other some other altercation, you right. know, smaller altercation uh, elsewhere no, uh, or even within a home, you know, but. Uh, it's hard for people to do that. And especially when you have that critical stress going on, it's, it's very hard to be able to step back. Right. And that's one thing. I don't think you did anything wrong that night. I think, I think it was interpreted wrong. But again, you know, they don't know you personally. And that's one point, you know, when you're doing an interview or whatever, uh, they don't know who you are. Right. They have no clue. And, and like with you, you know, you had this huge adrenaline dump. You were defending yourself three times, um, got to a point to where, um, you know, you couldn't fight anymore. And you get to that level and then you have that adrenaline dump. What happens by the time you get in that room is you look like you don't, you don't care. Right. Because you're just exhausted. Yeah. And you're, you know, uh, like you said, you're struggling. Yeah. And they may not be able to see that. And even if they do see it, they may interpret it as, as something else. Yep. I'll tell you what, one of the things for me, uh, you know, I talked about safety earlier. Mm -hmm. Me being in that room, although, you know, I'm handcuffed to a table and, you know, I'm, I'm in a situation that I've never been in before, I felt safe. And yeah. so when you feel safe, there's also a tendency to be open and transparent and, um, I didn't realize though, after after surviving an attack and surviving everything, that the battle was just beginning. And I thought the transparency and all that was gonna help me, mm -hmm. um, and, and it didn't. Um, but, but one of the things was, um, I felt safe mm -hmm. after the alternative of being out there on the streets and someone you know, basically you right. know, trying to end my life. So um, there was a certain level of comfort as well um, as well as just being exhausted. Right. 
Um, I remember there was times my, my lawyers would watch the tape and literally for, you know, 11 minutes, they think that the, it's paused because I'm not moving. I'm not blinking. My eyes are not blinking. Yeah. And they think that is the video actually recording. And, you know, then I'll finally blink and make a movement. But I was exhausted. And mm -hmm. that's something that until you're in that situation, whether you're a law enforcement or, God forbid, you're a regular citizen like me that have to be in that position, it's something that you want to make sure that you're taking every opportunity to avoid mm -hmm. because it's, it's, it's something that you can't prepare for. Right. Right. And you're cloudy. You know, I think everybody can relate to at one point being so exhausted. You know, and if you have young kids or if you had a baby right. and you're up all night, you get to a point to where you can't think, you're cloudy. And right. exactly what you said, you don't move, you don't blink, you're just in this, you're just in this kind of trance. Right. And if people can think about that, that's, that's, it's going to be very similar to that if you're ever involved in something like that. Yeah. I say take that and you know, multiply it by 10. Yeah, multiply, exactly. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, you know, we were talking earlier and you had, you, you, you're talking about having a conversation with your son about um, kind of dealing with people and um, how, you know, you're going to have times where you have college roommates or you have friends or your co coworkers, something right. that you, that you don't get along with, but you do everything you can just to make it. Yeah. Make it. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I call myself, you know, the prior to this, I worked, um, you know, 15 years in corporate. And, you know, since then, then I've, you know, moved back into um, leadership roles. And one of the things now, and I think I call myself the 2.0 version, <laughs> is uh, I wish I would have had this outlook you know, 22 years ago when I entered um, corporate. But I, I, I have this sense of feeling like, you know, it's, it's okay to be different. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for somebody to have a different opinion than yours, right? right? Um, it's your job to find common ground. And if you can't, you, 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 you don't look for opportunities to, um, to you know, belittle people or, um, or try to or escalate yeah. or try to convince someone that they're doing something wrong. Yeah. And so for me, there's a sense of peace that I've had over the last uh, couple of years where I no longer feel a need. If someone else is doing something and I think it's incorrect, I don't look at it as being incorrect. I right. look at it as being something that I wouldn't do. And it's not my job to try to convince you right. to think like me. Um, if you feel like it's okay to, to you know, go to the amusement park and skip you know, a hundred people and climb over the, um, you know, the, the barricades to go to the line. Mm -hmm. It's not my position to say anything. You know, for me, there's a sense of peace and relief that at some point that person, it, what they do that's incorrect will catch up with them. And, yeah. and so I, 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 I say now that, you know, I try to tell my son that you're not responsible or you can't control someone else's feelings. Yeah. And, and, and I think for me, um, you know, there, there's a higher level of responsibility that comes along with someone that has a CCW permit. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand that there's a certain level of um, patience in, in, um, that you have to exercise to make sure you 
definitely go the extra mile to avoid conflict on any kind of level. Yeah, and that's what so. I, when you said that, it hit me because we have a lot of people that get into like brandishing cases. Right. And, you know, when you just said that, I told my daughters the same thing in a little bit different way. I've told my daughters, don't let other people control your feelings. Right. To where, and I like it both ways, you know. Um, don't feel like you can control other people's feelings and don't let other people control your feelings. And, uh, you know, if somebody says something to, to you, I've told my daughters, don't let it run your day. Don't, don't let it control who you are or your right. feelings. We were talking earlier about, you know, the only thing you have control over in life is how you react to life. Right. And um, I love that quote. And I think when you said that, it really, it really I keyed in on the fact of, of that's a great lesson for others because if you are carrying, you have to be above that. You can't right. get involved in these things. I, and I was same thing. I coming off a plane another day, and some kid cut in front of you know was trying to get off the plane, and there's almost right. an altercation right there because an older gentleman in, in front was like, "No, you can't go by. It's my turn for." And it's just it's right. it's okay. It's going to be okay. We're all going to get off yep, the plane. We're all going. Yep. But it's uh, that's what I think is a big lesson for people who are carrying to realize that if you are carrying things, if they do escalate, they can escalate fast and it can turn bad very right. quickly. Right. So I like that lesson that you're teaching, teaching your son. Yeah. You know, for me, one of the things is you hear a lot of stories of someone pulling out a gun, uh, whether it's in line or in roll rage incident. And, um, you know, I always felt there was no good for that. I can say that prior to me having to use my firearm to save my life, mm -hmm. um, I carried a firearm since I was 21. So over 20 years, there was never a case where I even had to. Right. I felt like a need to even go grab it, right, whether it's, you know, for home defense or whatever. Um, so fortunately for me, as a responsible gun owner, I, I, I had that luxury of having one. Um, but... I just want to circle back around to not being able to control or worrying about things mm -hmm. that you can't control. And as long as you're doing your job to 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 um, doing the best of your ability to avoid conflict, mm -hmm. or whether it's at work, forget you know being in a situation like mine. Um, I feel that like there's also a level of peace that comes along where you work hard to build a bridge. And if that bridge can't be um, completed because someone else is not willing to put that final brick in, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You don't. There's 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 no good in you telling somebody how they should lay that last brick. And so for me, professionally, personally, um, there's been a sense of peace with me only being responsible for the things that I can that I can control. Yeah. And um, just just that goes side by side with you know. Um, being in a hostile situation like I was in or being in a you know, situation on a personal level. So right. um, there's a lot of growth there, and I call it the 2.0 version of myself. <laughs> I like that. I wish, I wish I had that outlook on life um, 20 years ago because I think I spent so much time trying to you know, um, convince somebody on this, this is the process we need to follow. Right. And, and, and that's not you. You just provide the process, and if they're not willing to come along that path or that journey, it's okay. It's okay. So, yeah. Yep. And, you know, th that's their job is to make you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, their job is to get you, make you feel comfortable where, where, where you will feel comfortable to talk. Right. And it's not good or bad. It's just that's what their job is. Yeah. The interpretation 
of that data, it, it's like anything. The interpretation of the data is where it's all at. Right. You can have the best data, the worst data. It doesn't really matter. It's the interpretation of that data. Right. And it, it just, in your case, it got interpreted the wrong way. Well, well, Mike, I'll, I'll, you know, respond by saying that's even more important. While why a member should understand. Mm-hmm that they should pick up the phone and dial the number on the back of their car, right? They want to cooperate. I want to be respectful, but let me make this phone call, right? For yeah. all those things that you said right there. See, you yeah. understand this because, you know, you live and breathe law enforcement. That's not the case for, you know, right. most Americans or most individuals that carry, uh, you know, um, concealed uh, firearm that have the luxury of carrying one. So, you know, that's even more reason why I think I should not have given a statement that night. Right. Because of that whole strategy that if you're not involved in the criminal justice system or you haven't had any incidents before, you don't realize it's this uh, cat and mouse kind of game that they're trying to lure you into. Yeah. And it's okay to say, you know, it's okay to say, hey, man, I would love to talk to you. I would love to help with this investigation. I'm just, I just don't feel like I'm really in the right frame of mind. I'd, I'd really like to talk to an attorney. The minute you say that, it's over. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what people need to realize. And it's okay to say that. And I've had, you know, you see these videos of give me your name, social security number, and I'm not talking to you. Well, that's going to get you about that far right. with that investigator. But if you say, hey, man, I'd love to help you and I want to help in this investigation, but I'm rattled right now. I don't even realize. I don't even know if I know what happened. And I'd like to talk to my attorney. That's going to go a long way. Because that officer or that investigator, they, especially nowadays, they have a fear of being in a shooting too. Not necessarily the shooting part, but what comes afterwards. Right. So, and I've talked to, I've talked to a bunch of officers, you know, over the last, you know, two to five years who say, shit, I'd say the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know. Um, so it's okay to say that. And we talked earlier about the human nature of wanting to justify yourself, wanting to get it out there, but then there's also a part that they feel like they they have to they have to or they have, there's a need to explain when it's really okay just to say, "Man, I would love to help out and I will help out." Right. But I don't I don't feel comfortable right now or I'm, you know, um, because anybody who has been in and it doesn't have, you don't have to be a shooting, but anybody who's been in a critical incident, mm-hmm. um, you know, knows how they feel. Even car wreck, even like a bad car wreck. I remember being in car wrecks thinking, what happened? Right. <clears throat> um, especially when you go through a windshield. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, thinking, you know, what, trying to piece it together. And it's okay to say, look, I'm, I'm just not comfortable right now. And, you know, the minute you... Uh, Ask for your attorney, it's done. Yeah, I definitely think that in you know hindsight, that's something I should have done. And I think also would have forced them to go out there and interview the, the witnesses yeah. that were out there, you know, 100, 200, 300 people out there. Um, but the fact that you have this guy, one, say, yeah, you know, I did admit that I shot him, but they left out all the facts up to it. Right. And so it was just easy for him to say, all right, we got everything on tape. He admitted doing it. He admitted, you know, so... Um, had I not cooperated that night, they would have been forced to go out there, but they spent so much yeah. time on me because I was willing to cooperate yeah. versus being on a crime scene. Yeah. So definitely yeah. agree. Well, it worked out for you. I'm glad it did. And, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I'm glad that, uh, 
glad that we handled it for you because we wouldn't have been able to met, meet, have all the times that we've had together since then. So. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm speaking of some good times. But I think most importantly, it's uh, a message to the to the yeah. members to yeah. to make sure that again they're doing everything to stay out of a situation. Yeah. Um, they're doing everything within their control. And number two, if they find themselves in a situation, to kind of make sure that you're, um, you know, not doing what I did yeah. with, uh, you know, cooperating, giving, giving statements hours right. after. Right. When you're not really ready or prepared for it, which, yeah. you know, a lot of people are never going to be prepared for it. Um, yeah. Just because it's, it's kind of one of those things that it's, you know, it's kind of like working out, for example. You only mm -hmm. build muscle by tearing it down. You know, you only, some of these things, you can only teach so much. Right. And the experience part is really what, where you learn from. Right. And it's hard to, uh, it's hard to get that, people to grasp that heavily because they haven't experienced it yet. Right. And hopefully they, they won't ever experience it at all. But if they do, it's how their mind and body is going to react to that stress of how they React because right. I we both know things. Just you take things in, and when something happens, it all goes out the window. It's kind of cool. like Mike Tyson, the smartest thing he ever said. Everybody's got a plan until you get hit in the mouth. Exactly. Yep. So. Yep. Totally agree. You know, we talked about earlier about two. I just wanted to kind of reiterate. You were talking about how it took you a long time to realize that you can kind of let things go, and avoidance is the key, and it's hard to. It's really hard for people, even, and I'll admit, it's even hard for me sometimes to bite my tongue and avoid. Right. But that's the, one of the strongest things is you have to be able to do that. You have to be able to, to, to step back. And we also start to step back and looking at the different layers, but being right. able to step back and look at the layers and avoid something. Right. And it's hard for people to do that. Yeah. And so you and I, we, we've talked over the years and um, while, you know, we, we, you know, grew up in, in separate environments, different environments, and we had different career paths and everything, mm -hmm. there's a lot of similarities to, you know, the, 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 the pain and the challenges and adversity that we face, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things I've always admired from you is, um, you know, you've, you've taken those opportunities to fill um, to build up and, and figure out what could I have, you know, what can I do to be a better person mm -hmm. or to prevent something like that. There's, there's this constant evolution of trying to be better, and, um, and, and, and I've always appreciated that from you. But while we've, you know, grown up and taken different paths in life, I think there's a lot of similarities that tie mm -hmm. back to um, that adversity that we've had, to, that we faced yeah. in life. And you have to learn from, you know, I think, I think we don't become the, like the people that we, the, the best person that we can be doesn't come easy. Right. And it doesn't come without lessons. It doesn't come without pain and suffering and trials and tribulations and all that. And I think a lot of times negative things happen to people or they have negative experiences and they look at that and they try to pack it away Right. Or they try to separate it into another space, and you have to look at those. You have to look at those incidences and or those experiences, because sometimes the best thing that you're going to be or the best thing that you can do is going to come from that experience. Right. 
Well, they say no pain, no progress. And I'll, and I'll tell you that when you find yourself um, at your lowest point of mm -hmm. life, um, there's some, you know, I'm not a salesperson, but you have to sell it to yourself that, um, that you know, better days are around the corner and that, yeah. that there's going to be a learning experience from this and, um, and that everything in life is kind of, you know, determined and you had no choice but to do this and how you respond and how you move forward in life will define who you are, not yeah. necessarily what you went through. Right. So um, for, for me... Um, I think as I reflect over the years, uh, I, I, I spend a lot of time just trying to avoid or, or um, repeats. Yeah. And, but, you know, I, I don't want to get too emotional, but you and I have talked a lot yeah. about the dark days. Yeah. And um, you got to convince yourself to get up and to keep pushing forward because better days are behind that one. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, the adversity that you and I both have gone through in life. Um, you know, it's easy to give up. Oh yeah. You know, you know it's yeah. easy to give up. So. Yeah, and it's always gonna be a part of it, but you have to, you know, it, it is what it is. Right. You know, my dad one day, we were going to FedEx or something, and we were going through kind of a, the area of town I worked when I was in gangs, and we were going through, and I was telling them, oh yeah, we got in a chase here one night, went to this backyard and kind of fight over here one night, and then we got to the street where my shooting was on, and I was like, oh man, dad, that, my shooting was right down the street. Mm -hmm. And um, he's like, you ever think about those guys? I said, every day. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I, it's not good or bad. It's not that I would do anything differently. Um, but it's just a part of, it's just, I mean, it, it's, it's a part of your history. And See, it's a yeah. part of your history that you probably are going to learn the most from your worst experiences. Right. And um, so, yeah, it was kind of interesting when he asked me that. Though. It's kind of, yeah, every day. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not. Not that I would do anything different or, you know, uh, like I said, not, not necessarily a good or bad thing. It's just it is what it is. It's, it's a part of, of, of your life and who you are now. It's like, mm -hmm. um, it's like a scar or something that's with you forever. Yeah. And so um, it, it's, it's how you tailor things and, um, you know, just, just trying to you know, make things better. One of the things that I, I kind of wanted to touch on as well is, you know, um, a lot of times it's human behavior for people to, most people will follow us. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, and, and one of the things that was very disappointing with, you know, whether it's family members, you know, um, old colleagues I used to work with, or even some neighbors, um, when you're charged with, you know, first degree murder, mm -hmm. it's, it's the natural tendency for most people to want to avoid you. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that, that mentally bothered me a lot for, for several years. And um, I've come to a you know, piece in my life where if someone does not want to um, interact with me or associate with myself because of something that I went through that was painful or the worst experience in my life, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a, there's a certain level of maturity that's come along with the fact that um, I'm gonna be the best version of myself that I possibly can be. And as long as I'm doing that, I'm not concerned or worried about what other people's perception of me, um, what they have of me. So that, that's one of the things I think that helped me to take some of the weight off of my shoulder. And also, you know, like we talked about earlier, being concerned with something that I can't influence or control. Right, right. Um, and there's, there's a level of peace that's come with that as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like your 2.0. <laughs>